girl, you've got questions. Questions about your body and how to feel good in it, about your hormones and how to keep them in check. Questions about your sex life and your whole health. Can you imagine having a best girlfriend who was also a triple board certified OBGYN? A girlfriend doctor you could call and ask or tell her anything. Someone who could show you how to live any stage of life before, during, or after menopause in a big, bold, and beautiful way. Well, friends, I'm your girlfriend doctor. I believe you were meant to flourish and shine, to embrace life and awaken to all its possibilities. Let's get there together. Welcome to our show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Girlfriend Doctor Show. Let me tell you, one of the questions I always get over and over again is how our skin changes as we age. We can get certainly less elasticity, but adult acne. Now, we didn't like it as a child. We like it even less as an adult. And for some people, they'll say, I didn't even have acne as a child, and now I'm getting it as an adult. You know, help me, doctor. What can I do about it? And I think that's really an important question. There are a few things that we want to do to address that adult acne, but also just understanding that healthy digestion for a glowing complexion. You know, my girlfriend, Dr. Brand, one of the things that, you know, we have nourish, shine, awaken, and embrace as my four pillars. Nourish and shine go hand in hand. They intertwine. So I wanted to bring on a guest for this Girlfriend Doctor show and talk about, you know, really talk about healing from the inside out in this way. Maria Marlowe is known as the acne nutritionist since helping thousands of people clear their skin from within through dietary and lifestyle changes. She is the creator of Glow by Marlowe, a brand and website that educates and inspires readers. Oh, and that is Andalisa, my grandbaby. She's chiming in here because she wants a voice. And of course, she gets to have one. So we'll be right back. <laughs> and I'll be introducing my guest in just a second here. Maria, welcome to the Girlfriend Doctor Show. Thank you for being here. I would love for you to share your story with our audience. Thank you for having me. And sure, I'm happy to. So, you know, like a lot of people, I struggled with acne when I was younger, and uh, I struggled with it for about four years. And nothing would help it go away. I tried all the pharmaceuticals. Uh, well, I started with the drugstore stuff, then went on to the pharmaceuticals, antibiotics, birth control, topicals, and everything in between. And my skin would just not clear up. So for a long time, I thought I was just cursed with bad luck, bad genes, or bad skin. But then I was introduced to this concept of food as medicine. And I realized I really just had a bad diet. And at the time, I was eating a lot of processed foods pretty much no whole foods or real foods and a very high glycemic diet, a very pro-inflammatory diet. So I drastically changed my diet, my skin cleared up and really the rest is history. I became so interested in nutrition and trying to understand how food influences our skin, because I can see in the mirror overnight how my food choices affected my skin. So I decided to go back to school to study nutrition and cooking and eventually to teach people how to improve their skin through their diet, because I think it's now we talk about it more, but 10 years ago, it was kind of unheard of. And the idea that diet doesn't affect acne has been drilled into a lot of people's heads over the years. And so that's a big misconception. Diet definitely influences acne. And now I'm known as acne nutritionist because that's really what I specialize in. 
And it's such an important area. It's so true from teenagers through adulthood and how food as medicine, like we're seeing all these beautiful changes. You know, I just launched my book, Menu Pause, and it has been game changing for so many women to recognize that, oh gosh, in just a short amount of time, we can see an improvement, especially when it comes to feeling energetic, looking more beautiful. I always say hashtag more sexy. So you guys, that is my new hashtag. But in all the positive ways, right? Energetic, passionate, magnetic, right? Magnetic, magnificent. The word magnificent has that magnetic. You are drawn to what is beautiful, appealing, and really the way we can change our lives and transform and help others through positive energy. So I'd love for you to share some parts, like what's the most common mistake you see people making when they are not using food as medicine, or sometimes we think we're doing everything right. Yeah. So, well, just to kind of speak to something you said earlier, I think one of the most magnificent things about using food as medicine is that it actually works quicker than you think. So for example, in my own experience, I had acne for four years, but by changing my diet, my skin cleared up within about three months. And so food changes can make an impact quicker than you'd think. Now, in terms of what are people doing wrong if they think they're eating healthy and not getting results, well, I always say that you can ask 10 different people what a healthy diet is, and they're going to give you 10 different answers or 10 different definitions. And so it's really important to pay attention to your body and the signals your own body is telling you in order to find or figure out the optimal diet for you in particular. One thing I think that I'm sure you see this as well, because I know you're all about the keto, is that we tend to eat way too much sugar. And oftentimes refined carbohydrates as well, things like bread, pasta, cereal, all that kind of stuff. And you can think that you're eating really healthy, having a granola for breakfast and a sandwich for lunch and a salad with, you know, some pasta or something for dinner, but all these refined carbohydrates add up. So in acne in particular, and of course, for hormone health in general, we know that a high glycemic diet is not, you know, is not benefiting us. And it's really important to maintain a low glycemic diet. I would say that's probably one of the most important things that we can do for our skin, not even just for acne, but for other skin conditions, aging as well. And then the second factor is eating more inflammatory foods than you realize. So in general, probably not your listeners, but in general, a person eating the average standard American diet, they're exposed to a lot of vegetable oils and, you know, omega six rich foods, which are pro inflammatory. And so these are going to wreak havoc on everything in our body, on our hormones, on our skin, on our digestion. So I would say those are the two key areas that sometimes people don't realize are sabotaging their health goals. Yeah. And I, I would agree with you. And making the connection, one of my programs early on was part of my women's restorative health program. And I always said healthy digestion for a glowing complexion. So of course, I love your glow brand, of course. So let's talk about how gut health, like what steps do you work with clients to improve or make the connection between gut health and our skin? Yes. So gut health is incredibly important for our skin and our overall health, our immune system. And sometimes, I mean, most people probably don't realize that when we're in utero, the gut, the brain and the skin all start as the same tissue. And then as we grow, these three organs stay 
very intimately connected in what we now know as the gut brain skin axis. And the research is really showing that what's going on in our gut can manifest in our skin. And so people with acne and other inflammatory skin conditions tend to have gut dysbiosis. So either not enough good bacteria, too much bad bacteria, or a problem with their intestinal lining, increased intestinal permeability or leaky gut. And the research shows when we have gut dysbiosis, this can increase our risk of acne. Okay. One more thing. As you mentioned, leaky gut, some of our listeners may not understand what leaky gut is. So I'd love to hear you explain that. Yes. So leaky gut, that's sort of the common name for it, but it's called increased intestinal permeability. So if you think of your intestines as a tube, this tube, whatever is in your intestines is technically supposed to stay in there. Like it's kind of the outside world, right? It's not touching the rest of your body. And so this tube has a one cell thick layer. You could think of that as just the cells next to each other is the lining. And in between these cells, there is what's called tight junctions. And so when we eat certain foods, it can open those tight junctions. So think of them as doors. They're opening a door between your intestines and the rest of your body. And so what happens is larger particles can get out, you know, toxins, proteins, you know, macromolecules, food molecules, and that creates an inflammatory response and even an autoimmune response. So keeping a really strong gut barrier that doesn't allow these larger particles through is ideal. When we start having experiencing leaky gut, that can lead to, again, inflammation and even autoimmune conditions and, and skin problems as well. Exactly. And I think that understanding that breakdown in the cellular bilayer, the lipid bilayer at a cellular level, I always like look at it as an erosion within the intestinal lining. An erosion, I like to think of it, if you have a garden in your backyard, right? And you have a good fence around the garden because you got to keep the rabbits out, you got to keep the other rodents out, et cetera. And when you have a breakdown in that fence, you know, the rabbits will get in, the other animals will get in and, and may eat all your vegetables, right? They start to pick away at the beautiful flora that's there. And that's kind of like what happens, you know, as an analogy to what's happening on the inside lining. When you have a breakdown in that cell-to-cell -cell communication, it creates that. It's a physical barrier, but there's also certainly an energetic barrier to it as well with this, you know, sodium-calcium exchange across the membrane. And so it really interrupts so many things. So I would say when we get to heal at the smallest level, then, you know, all the other things transform. It's really amazing. All right. And I had hijacked you. So let's go back to talk about the gut skin connection. So any gut dysbiosis is going to increase our risk of acne. And so over the years, and I'm talking even, you know, 80, 90 years ago, scientists and doctors were starting to think that there is some connection between digestive and skin. And so for example, some certain dermatologists back in, you know, early 1900s were hypothesizing that constipation was a factor in acne. And, you know, fast forward to today where we do have the technology to understand the microbiome better and, and do better testing. And we see that that is actually the case. So constipation, diarrhea, gas, bloating, these are all signs of that the digestion is not working optimally. And these all increase your risk of having acne, primarily because 
gut dysbiosis leads to inflammation and acne is an inflammatory condition. So this is actually an interesting point. Most people think that acne is caused by bacteria because that's really what we've been taught. I remember as a kid, everything was about killing this bad bacteria. And that's why antibiotics became the most prescribed drug for acne. But it turns out starting in the 1980s, researchers started to realize that it's not actually the bacteria, the P. acnes, it's renamed C. acnes bacteria, it's actually inflammation. So I call the bacteria, like the C. acnes bacteria on your face, that's kind of the baby that got thrown out with the bathwater. Research shows that that bacteria, which we've blamed acne on for so long, it's actually a commensal, meaning it's a good bacteria. It's on everyone, most people's face, even people with healthy skin. And in fact, people that have clear skin sometimes have higher levels of this particular bacteria. And so the bacteria is not the problem. You could also have acne without having that specific bacteria. So the research now all points to for the last 40 years is pointing to inflammation as really the spark that lights your acne on a fire, so to speak. And so that's why focusing on gut health, repairing the gut, repairing leaky gut, making sure you have a good balance of bacteria in there that's going to support reducing inflammation in your body. That's really key to clearing acne. And so like, I look at your recipe and one of the recipes on your website, like beet brownies and incorporating some amazing healthy ingredients into, you know, some of the foods that we just love and enjoy. And let's talk about some of the best foods for our skin or what next steps are once you identify like, okay, all of us have to improve our gut bacteria. We need to use food as medicine to do that. So what are your favorite ways to do that. And with that, some of your favorite foods. I'm a foodie, you know that Maria. I'm like, we should do a cooking class together. We should definitely do a video and a live or something. It'd be so fun, especially like beet brownies. Okay. You're going to have to walk me through and convince me that that's going to be amazing, but I'm sure it is because you created it. Yeah. So I think that's the fun part of, of like, which foods are best. What do we do when, but I agree the diversity, what science shows, especially longevity research, is that the diversity within our gut bacteria is associated with higher longevity, higher resilience, higher immune function. And that's when we fight the good versus the bad. We fight against the bad and create that good army. So, and I think about this and as my mind's wandering, because I think about my daughters with, you know, terrible acne, they've got, I would say, great warrior genes, right? That's good testosterone, build muscle, build strong bone, you know, strong intelligence and intellect and acne. So it, you know, can't start too early too. So don't let me forget that I got to get your advice for my daughters too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, the rate of acne in US right now is about 85 to 95% of teenagers typically get acne in the US. And back in the like 1979, the rate of acne amongst adults was 10%. Now it's closer to 40 to 50%, which is a huge jump. And people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s are experiencing acne more than ever before. So there's definitely things going on in our environment that are causing this rise. So if we go back to your earlier question about how do we support the gut and, and repair the gut, this is really key in one of the first steps in really getting your skin back to clarity and back to health. 
So part of it is removing the foods that may be causing the issues. So if you have any food sensitivities, uh, you'll definitely want to remove those foods. Some common ones include dairy and gluten, but really you could have a sensitivity to any food. So you know, either through your own experimentation or working with a nutritionist or a functional medicine doctor, you can, you know, figure those out and you'd want to remove those foods that are sparking the inflammation. I'd also throw um, sugar, refined carbohydrates and vegetable oils on there, anything that's pro-inflammatory. Then we focus on adding in all the good stuff that's going to support healthy digestion. So definitely more plants, we want to consume more fiber that's going to help keep our blood sugar stable. You want a variety of different types of fruits and vegetables. And it, depending on where you are at with your digestion, you, you may have to tread really slowly. If you're not used to consuming vegetables and fiber, you don't want to all of a sudden the next day be eating only vegetables and fiber. That's not going to be fun for you. So again, if you're depending where your gut is, most people can start increasing their vegetable intake or fiber intake without any issues. But if your gut is a little bit more delicate, you may want to work with someone to help, you know, ease you through that process. So adding more fiber, definitely probiotics. So there's two ways that we can get probiotics. Uh, one is through probiotic food and the other is through probiotic supplements. I think they're both beneficial because with the probiotic foods, and this includes things like sauerkraut, kimchi, yogurt, traditionally fermented pickles, even olives and capers are traditionally fermented. And they're going to be a source of a very wide array of different probiotic and beneficial bacterial strains, including a variety of different fermented foods in your diet. That's always a, or usually a good idea. Again, there's always caveats. If you have SIBO or if you have certain issues, they may not be the best for you right now. It's always helpful to work with a practitioner who can guide you if you have more of a tricky, you know, situation. And I think it's also fair to say, like in that situation, if you have SIBO, which is small intestinal bowel overgrowth, small intestinal bowel overgrowth, often, you know, anything you eat, you get bloated, distended, and that's a, a significant dysbiosis and balance in gut bacteria. And that has to be addressed. That has to be addressed. And honestly, like through fasting, cleansing, you know, antibiotics, natural or herbal, and working on removing the instigator that's creating a sensitivity or inflammation within our system too. Would you agree, Maria? Yeah, I agree that. Yeah. And if you have constant bloating, chronic bloating, which a lot of people have, I mean, there's many different reasons for it, but you definitely want to figure out the source of it and get that under control because health problems usually get worse with age. They don't get better. <laughs> they're, you know, they're not lying. Good point. So, well said. <laughs> so you definitely want to get that under control. It's funny. I always use this anecdote to kind of drive this point home. So when I started off very early on, I would ask clients like, oh, how's your digestion? Is your digestion good? And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, my digestion is fine. But then like, I'll ask more specific questions like, oh, how often do you get bloated? And they're like, oh, every day. And I'm like, oh, well, isn't that a problem with your digestion? And they're like, no, it happens every day. I just thought I'm a bloated, gassy person. You know, there's no such thing as a bloated, gassy person. Bloating and gas is a sign of dysbiosis. It's designed. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That you want to be a body detective and figure out what's going on. Yeah. I like how you say that. Be a body detective. Yeah. So true. And it's always reversible. The same issue with constipation. One of my questionnaires has, you know, all my questionnaires actually talk about, ask, do you have constipation? 
And it's so funny because oftentimes people would say no, but on exam, I would say, oh my gosh, you know, like what's going on? Bloated, feels like constipation. And I would say, well, how often, how many times a day are you having a bowel movement? And they'd say, oh, only about once or twice a week. I'm like, but you said you weren't constipated. She goes, I've been this way all my whole life. You've been constipated your whole life, right? It's clarifying one to two bowel movements a day is normal bowel function. Anything less or more needs to be questioned, I mean, or evaluated. And so, or, you know, or significantly more five to six stools a day, you know, that is an issue too, especially if it's watery diarrhea. So we really want to look at that too. But like with babies, they eat and poop, they eat and poop. Like if you've heard my little granddaughter here today, so they eat and poop. And that is like, that's normal, healthy bowel function. Exactly. And I think, you know, we've both learned that lesson. You have to ask questions a little bit more specifically because the thing is, we just don't know, like nobody really teaches us what does constipation mean or, you know, what does normal digestion look like? Like most people don't actually know. You only really know from your own experience. And so if your whole life you've been a certain way, of course, you just think that's normal. So it's really important, I think, for like you and, and all these doctors and nutritionists to really be educating people so people understand what does normal digestion looks like. And, you know, if something's wrong, there's not something wrong with you. It's just a sign there's some imbalance inside and the body is very resilient. If you get to the root of the problem, you can usually get back to optimal health. Right. And so we were at gut skin connection. So to improve our skin, removing food sensitivities, more plants, fiber, and variety, probiotics from food and supplements. And what else? Uh, you may want to add something to help repair the gut lining. So I like L-glutamine. You could also use bone broth. Some people really like that. There are certain herbs that are also really supportive, like licorice, for example. I really love teas. So I'm a big fan of different herbs and herbal teas. Ooh, what are your favorite? My community, we love teas. I mean, I have so many, it's crazy. And it depends. My favorite changes based on the day. But one that I'm really liking now is even just a simple fresh ginger tea in the morning. First thing in the morning, it really helps to support your liver and to support your digestion. So just fresh. All I do is I'll either grate some ginger or slice it up and pour hot water over that, let it steep and then sip a glass. Or I usually have a couple, a couple cups, you know, throughout the morning. So ginger tea is a favorite. Another favorite I have for skin is nettle and rose hips. Nettle is incredibly good for your skin, hair, and nails. And as I was researching it, because I love researching the you know different ingredients and what they do, and nettle actually has a pretty long history. I found this one journal article, and this dermatologist was using nettle decoctions, which is a very, very strong tea heal psoriasis, eczema, atopic dermatitis, and all sorts of inflammatory skin conditions. So nettle, uh, yeah, nettle is great for skin, hair, and nails. And I love to pair it with rose hips, which is a good source of vitamin C. Vitamin C supports collagen production. And uh, yeah, it's actually really tasty. So I would say those are probably my two favorites right now. I love ginger. I love ginger. And like oftentimes, like now I have a little post book launch laryngitis here. So ginger, lemon, 
mint combined. I love that. Sometimes I'll add in cinnamon too. And it's just, if I really need that extra grounding and I just boil it in a pot and I'll keep adding water and boiling it and sipping on it all day. And it just does help. It really does help. And I think that's also, again, important for digestion, ginger for digestion. And from Ayurvedic, and I saw on your podcast, which y'all got to check out Maria's podcast, the, is it the Glow Podcast? I'm trying to... It's the Glow Life, the Glow Life Podcast. The Glow Life Podcast. I love that. So she has a Ayurvedic expert too that she interviewed as well. One of the things I learned from Ayurvedic Institute is just like slicing up that ginger, putting some rice vinegar on it, or you could use apple cider vinegar and just pickling it a little bit and eating a piece of that before you eat or with your meal really increases your digestive enzymes, which is so needed so that we can absorb our nutrients. So there's the tip. The other great digestive aid too is bitter melon saute it on the stove, make it nice and crispy. And same thing, add a little bit of vinegar, oil, and salt and pepper and chew that with or before your meal. And that improves digestion too. Healthy digestion, glowing complexion. Yes. I love bitters. I'm a huge fan of bitters as well. And so even things like arugula, for example, that's considered a bitter green. So starting your meal with an arugula salad is going to help your body better digest whatever comes after it. Or you can even use, have you ever used digestive bitters as spray? No. Uh, yeah. So basically digestive bitters are sort of a very old herbal remedy that's still used today. And you can get them in the uh, most health food stores and you just spray it or drop it on your tongue. And it, it's made from, it's just like a herbal tincture of different things like dandelion and various other bitter herbs, artichoke, arugula. It doesn't taste good. It tastes really bitter, but you just put it on for a few seconds and that helps your body. That bitter taste prompts your body to release those digestive juices, those digestive enzymes to help you better digest your meals. Okay. Okay. I love that. And actually my friend Magdalena Wyszlaki, I've got to introduce her to you. She creates a bitter. So she has given me, I just put it under your tongue or before your meal. And anytime I hang out with her, it's on hand. I definitely have to get in the habit. One of those routines that you have to get in the habit of using. Yeah. And it, if your digestion is good, you, you may not need to use it. I always tell people like things like like bitters or even other supplements, you don't necessarily need to take them forever. Take them until you bring your body back into balance. And, you know, and then you don't need to necessarily take them every single day. So bitters are great, especially if you experience bloating, indigestion after meals, try taking bitters before your meals and see if that helps. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. And again, the goal is that we improve our body's function naturally as much as possible. So hydration, that's the other big thing. So drinking those teas is going to improve skin elasticity and detoxification. So hydration, I would add that in there. So share with us your beet brownie concoction that you've got there on your website. You guys check out Maria Marla. We're going to do the rapid fire questions in just a minute. So stay tuned <laughs> and let's hear about this amazing beet and brownie recipe. So I think like most people, well, not anymore, but I had a, a sweet tooth and getting over sugar was maybe the most difficult part of 
changing my diet in a healthier direction. And so one thing that made it easier for me was to make dessert recipes that didn't have refined sugar. So for example, in this beet brownie recipe, if I remember correctly, it's only sweetened with whole dates. And so, and even the beets add a little bit of a natural sweetness. So finding dessert recipes made with sweetened only with fruit helped me get over the refined sugar to the point where if I ate a regular piece of candy, I was like, oh, this is too sweet. I had to spit it out. I didn't even like it anymore. So I love coming up with healthier versions of everyone's favorite foods. Of course, everyone loves brownies. And so this recipe, it's pretty simple. There's some cacao in there. There's some beets. There's some dates. There's probably a few other things in there that I'm not remembering right now, vanilla, but it's a really simple, easy recipe. I also have one with, for zucchini brownies, where the zucchini adds a really nice fudgy texture to the brownies, but you can't even taste it. Even with the beets, you can't taste it. It just adds that extra fiber and nutrients in a very tasty little package. I love it. I love doing things like that. My chocolate avocado mousse, for instance, and my almond flour pistachio fig scones. I mean, I love doing things like that and incorporating and dates, of course, are one of my favorite foods. They're really an aphrodisiac food and it's a very grounding food like date cardamom balls. Oh, love those too. Love those too. You can put a little ginger in there as well. So different things, but that definitely, you know, adds, adds carbs into our plan too, but it's a good way to have your carb up day or your, as you're transitioning to get off of that sugar, because it is absolutely a drug. Maria, how can people get a hold of you? How can people work with you? I, I mean, guys, you got to check out her website at mariamarlow.com, mariamarlow.com. Yes. So mariamarlow.com and Marlo has a W E at the end is the best place to find me. That's where you'll also find my clear skin plan, which is my program that helps people reverse acne naturally in 90 days or less through diet and lifestyle changes. And I'm also on Instagram at Maria Marlo. And of course the podcast, the glow life podcast, where I've interviewed you multiple times uh, and many other incredible experts in functional medicine, uh, nutrition, fitness, wellness, all things wellness, meditation, breath work. I am all about the holistic health. I know. And I love what you do. And I love how you show up. And I love how you influence Maria. I do. So ready for our rapid fire questions. I didn't pre warn you about these. Let's do it. Okay. So what is your favorite food? Chickpeas. Really? I know, I know it's really weird, but I just love chickpeas. Just like chickpeas like that or chickpeas no, like, like hummus that. or? I just feel like you can use them. Like if there's only one food I could take with me on an island, it would be chickpeas because you can turn them into so many things. That is so funny. Well, that is a first. And I love chickpeas. I love them too. I'm doing my keto green extreme plan. So we've eliminated all legumes right now in this six day plan in menu pause. And like I always say, I take out my favorite foods, like my eggplant for my baba ganoush and, you know, but chickpeas, adding them into a salad, excellent protein, good fiber, good nutrients. So like into a soup, I mean, there's so many ways instead of pasta, there's so many ways you can use chickpeas, but I've never had anyone have it as their favorite food, Maria. I love it. Okay. What is your favorite exercise movement activity that you like to do? I love to do Pilates. Yeah, I would say Pilates is probably my favorite yoga close second. Okay. And what about downtime activity? Downtime. I love taking my dog to the park. Oh, I like that too. 
Total oxytocin injection, right? Yeah. Especially when there's like 50 little doggies running around. It's quite fun. What kind of dog do you have? I have a Maltese. Uh -huh. There's Pomeranians. He has his like little, his little friend pack. I love it. All right. And so what is your favorite trip or travel destination? Italy, for sure. And when I'm in Italy, I'm probably eating things that, Everything. Most, you know, pizza, pasta, all that stuff, but also lots of vegetables, you know, like I eat a lot of vegetables and seafood. That's actually my preferred meal, but every once in a while, splurge on the pizza. It's so good. It's so good. And you do amazing. So it's really a different, a different refinement there. And I would say in Italy, it's fruta de mare and vino. <laughs> That's it for me. <laughs> wine and fruit de mare salad. Okay, so we got Nourish. What is your favorite skincare product? That's an interesting question. I would say food is my favorite skincare product. Yeah, okay. uh, greens and, and orange veggies, but I would say honey. Honey is actually a really interesting uh, and really beneficial, you know, product for your skin. I like to do honey masks and it really gives you a nice like dewy glow. Ah, okay. I've never done one. I'm definitely going to do one. Okay. And embrace on the intimacy. I love to ask this question. Don't have to answer it, but what is your favorite sexual position? Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I have one. Um, yeah, I don't know that I have one, but definitely enjoy some quality time with my husband. Yes. Yeah. So it's so fun. So with intimacy, what is one of the things that you make time for to keep your connection with your husband? We do a date night. We really aim to do it once a week and try not to miss that. We also like to do our daily walk with coconut, the pup. So we have time to catch up because if you don't make the time, I feel like then the day just goes by and you're just living two separate lives. So we really make it a point to spend quality time together. I love that. I love that so much. Thank you so much for playing with me on my rapid fire questions. It's fun to get to know you better. And I think we have to make a trip to Italy sometime together. So <laughs> Fun. But anyway, we'll we'll do some we'll do some live cooking or something sometime soon. Thank you so much for being on the Girlfriend Doctor Show. I appreciate you being here. And you guys, Maria Marlowe, M-A-R-L-O-W-E dot com. Check out her website, check out the Glow Life podcast. I mean, she says you can tell you just like her immediately. You guys, it's so much good information. And her program, Healing from the Inside Out, that is key. And especially if you've got teenage daughters that we want to get like another opinion, right? Because they never listen to mom oh, sometimes, but bringing it into the household, just the different things that we can do to really change the microbiome, which improves their immune system because birth control pills aren't the answer. Oftentimes you're being offered birth control pills for your teenage daughter to resolve their acne. And certainly it does help, but that's not the answer. And the consequences can be detrimental. So if that's the reason we're using birth control pills, we've got better options that have a better effect. Remember all the way down to the cellular lining, cell to cell communication. You guys, thank you for being on the Girlfriend Doctor Show. Please share this episode. Please share and like this episode and leave your comments below. I love to know what you're thinking and what takeaway you have from our conversation today. Again, big thanks to Maria Marlowe for joining me here on the Girlfriend Doctor Show. Till next time, everyone.